Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You know they say time flies when you're having fun? Something that people say often. Let this sink in. It is week eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in college football. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Richard Cross is off doing whatever. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We're going to have fun today with or without him. Week eight. He's going to Baton Rouge, by the way. He's down there working this weekend, and he's making a little weekend out of it. Got He's doing something really cool today. While we're working, while we're slaving away here in the studio, just sweating and bleeding and just working our tails off. He's uh, on a boat on Lake Pontchartrain right now. That's that's what they're doing. So, well, I listened to enough of the show yesterday to know that he's out crabbing, so I think he's working pretty hard, too. He might be working a little harder than he, us. He's not. His, he chose to. He chose to. He chose to. His, uh, his, his co-pilot is not working. That's what I told him yesterday. I was like, he did, he's not doing any hard work. You are. He's going to have a blast while you're picking pots up all day. Either way, Absolutely. that's uh, that's where he is, Ole Miss LSU this weekend, Mississippi State, Alabama. You guys knew that already, right? I don't think anybody has to tell you when your team's game is this weekend. It's a big one, or at least it feels like it's a big one for Ole Miss, and it's a big test, I think, for Mississippi State, right? That's And, and I've been thinking a lot about this. We'll do the two questions thing in a second, but you mentioned it earlier in the week. Forward progress needs to be seen from State this weekend. And I feel like saying that is also kind of overlooking them very likely playing with some really heavy hearts, which it's probably difficult to get up for a football game considering the week that team just had. Absent that, as a fan, you want to see forward progress against this team in particular. There are no such thing as moral victories in the SEC, but I do think it would be disingenuous to just say that and and follow it with full stop. There's no such thing as a moral victory in year three in the SEC, period. Well, that's a little goofy. We know the resource discrepancy between Alabama and Mississippi State, and we know that Nick Saban is, I think, inarguably the greatest college football coach of all time. To expect... It only take two and a half years for Mississippi State to be on that level is goofy. 
but you do need to see some forward progress competitively, right? That's what that's the thing that that you and everybody that covers Mississippi State and, and fans of Mississippi State are watching is do you take a step forward this weekend in this game against this team? And prior to Wednesday, that's exactly where I would have been. Yeah. But now I feel like I got a grade on a soft scale. I, I just I just don't know how this team, which was, I mean, the, the adversity of having to play Alabama is tough enough on the road, tough enough. Them Alabama coming off of a loss, tough enough. Everything's, nothing's working for you here. And then you lose a teammate. I'll go and tell you Monday show, not, not going to get super critical with this team. You know, now if they show up and they lose like 63 to nothing, I, I might have something to say about that. But at the end of the day, it's to me, and I, I'm, I don't like to be moral victory guy, but really, state just showing up and playing this game is going to be test enough, and just just get out there and get it done, get through it, get to the bye week, and reset your season next week or two weeks from now when you play Auburn. So I would, I, prior to Wednesday, I was I was all on board. I was like, yes, they have to play better against Alabama. It's ridiculous that state looks like an FCS team when they play Alabama, when everybody else in the conference is either beating them now or at least playing close games with them. But now I just feel like I can't I, I can't expect too much from this team this week. And maybe that's, you know, maybe they'll play with nothing to lose and they'll play to honor their teammate and, and they'll go out and, and do a good job. Could happen. Could happen. But for me, I wasn't expecting much on Monday. I'm not going to expect much on Friday. I was th- I thought about this last night after I talked about the game for a while and I got done. Of course, I have my best thoughts when I'm not behind the microphone. Uh, but my my thought was, shoot, how do you practice? How do you prepare? They didn't I, I, yesterday, or they 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 made practice optional yesterday. I don't I don't know what the turnout was, but Leach told them if they didn't want if they didn't want to come, they didn't have to. Understandably so. Yeah, but um. And I guess the answer is, how do you practice? How do you play? Because you just do, but it, it can't it can't feel normal at all, regardless of right. of you know how strong you think you are. Either way, so we'll talk about all these games this weekend. We've got Bruce coming up with picks. We've got high school with Will East. We've got a Food Friday. All that good stuff. We'll talk about the disaster that is the New Orleans Saints. No team mm-hmm. shoots themselves in the foot more than the Saints. Worst turnover margin in the NFL is the Saints. I was, I was on with Gallo earlier this morning, and he was talking, let's talk about the Saints for a minute. And I was like, no, no, let's not. Let's I, not do that. I, I heard I don't, he don't also called too early. you sexy this morning. Use that exact word. A sex pot is what, is what he said. And then he said, daddy sexy. I, I have never in my life. Oh, well, I don't know what's going on. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. What, what time were you on? 8.37. Okay, so you're on at 8.30. So 8.30 in the morning, guy's driving to work, and here's Gallo. He's got to hear about me being sexy. Like, it's a way to start Normally you tune in, you hear about the economy or, you know, what's going on with Joe Biden. or No, no, we're going to talk about this guy being sexy. All right, I'm in. Let's have that discussion.
Here's a message on the text line. I don't think you can just give them a pass because of that. Then again, everybody reacts differently to those things. It's not necessarily that that you're you're giving them a pass. It's just I just understand. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see them play better. They should in year three under Mike Leach. They should be at least competitive with this Alabama team. That is not. This is not the 2012 or 20. You know. Uh, 2010 or whatever Alabama team. They just ste- or not 2010, but whatever. You see what I'm saying? This is not one of those Alabama teams that's just steamrolled everybody in the past. They've already played a close game with Texas A&M. Arkansas was in the game third quarter with them. They've lost to Tennessee. You should be able to play this game and, and be able to to be competitive. I'm just not going to be surprised if, if if Mississippi State's just not able to do that on Saturday. I just I just I'm just not going to you know. By the way, I don't know if you listened to the to today's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Robbie Falk pulled out the absolute darkest statistic I've ever heard in my life. So in the last 12 years, State has lost three players in season. 2010, they lost Nick Bell. 2015, they lost Keith Joseph Jr. And now this year, you lose Sam Westmoreland. Every time, Alabama has been the next game. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that... Crazy of a coincidence as possible, but it is. Hmm. I mean, that's just how about the universe working against you, man? That is unbelievable. Yeah. Um Well and it, it bears repeating one more time, by the way. I feel as though especially with what you've seen from Will Rogers uh, on social media and I think Nathan Pickering as well, somebody that, that I, I retweeted. It, it's something that that's very important to me uh, for for many reasons. Uh, if if you find yourself needing help or or thinking that you need help, you're not abnormal. You're not crazy. No. There's nothing wrong with you. All that means is you're human. If you're struggling with whatever it is, you're only a human. That's it. It doesn't make you less of a man. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you anything other than normal. So there are resources abound. I currently, I'm not ashamed of it, I currently use them on a weekly basis. And I've been in and out of that. Don't be afraid to do that. You'd be surprised how accessible that kind of stuff is and how normal it is. People... A lot of people say, you know, you're not a man if you ask for help. I say the opposite. A real man asks for help so that he can be there for his family. So if you need help, get help. If if I can help you, let me know. If Michael can help you, let you know. You gotta. If you need help, get help. All right. We all, you know, we all talk about kindness and trying to love each other. It's got to be that way. You know. Yeah. It's got to be that way. Absolutely. So we will do our two questions thing coming up. Ole Miss absolutely must do what? What can they absolutely not do if they're going to win the game, if they're going to upset LSU tomorrow? By the way, the top ten no, Rebels no, are no. on the road as an unranked or against an unranked team, and they are the underdog. And then the same questions, obviously, for Mississippi State. Then we'll talk high school football. Then we'll talk about the Saints, I guess. Um... Yeah, yeah, we have to. They're a disaster. 
Speaking of disasters, Georgia Tech's quarterback last night, backup quarterback, oh. ran out of bounds on the final play, and after the game had a quote that might blow your mind. We'll get to all of that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Every Friday, you know the drill by now. What can the teams we cover anyway? Absolutely, what do they absolutely must do if they want to win? What can they absolutely not do? We'll start with Ole Miss because they start the day in Baton Rouge. Brian Hay at Ole Miss absolutely must do what if they want to upset the Tigers in Baton Rouge tomorrow? They must be able to run the football, and that seems a little. A little basic, considering what Ole Miss's offense is. It's so good at running the football. But this is far and away the best defense they've played. Uh, they have so much talent up front. I mean, not a lot of teams could absorb the loss of a player like Mason Smith and still continue to play well. I mean, that would that would wipe out most teams. LSU has just continued to play well. And I just feel like that LSU LSU has some juice right now. I just feel like last week gave them a little momentum, gave them a little push. If they had lost this game, I would tell you that Ole Miss would probably win by three. If they had lost last week, I should say, I would tell you that Ole Miss would probably win this game by three touchdowns. As it is, I literally may flip a coin when we get to the picks a little later. That's because that's how close it is. The line is so close, you might as well just go ahead and pick who you think is going to win the game. So the Ole Miss offense can't afford to take a, a slowdown. They've got to be able to run the ball with Evans and Judkins. If they do that, they're going to win. If they if they can't and they put it all on dark shoulders, I honestly don't know that if he can get the, the job done in Tiger Stadium. Ole Miss absolutely must make Daniels one-dimensional. If they allow him to do what sometimes Ashford was able to do last week, which is uh, escape pressure, escape the pocket, and make plays with his legs, it might be a long day. Uh, Even with the talent that LSU has at wide receiver, which is pretty abundant, by the way, although when you look at the advanced stats, Ole Miss has two corners. Despite their issues defensively, they don't have those issues at cornerback. They, They rarely give up catches and yards when targeted. Really good Prince and Igbenosin have been so far this season. Uh, according to the numbers and and just with your eyes as well. They're very good players. Uh, Absent that, though, if they let Daniels escape the pocket, very similar to what he did against Mississippi State, it's, you know, if if you've got LSU to third and eight and everybody's covered downfield, but uh, either you don't have a spy or the spy's not good enough and Daniels can move the chains with his legs, that's going to be a backbreaker for you. Keep him in the pocket, contain him. If you get your hands on him, bring him down. Because I think the only way LSU is beating you is if he is able to be the dynamic runner that he can be at times. If he stays in the pocket and has to beat you with his arm, I don't think he will in this game. But if you allow him to get out of the pocket, run around a little bit, it's going to be a long day. 
He's he's pretty dynamic there. And eventually you're going to lose one of these coin flip track meet kind of games because that's why they call them coin flips. Eventually it's going to land on tails. And if you let him run around, tomorrow might be your day of tails. Ole Miss absolutely cannot do what if they want to win the game tomorrow? I was going to basically go where you were going. They, they cannot allow Jaden Daniels to beat them with his arm. I, I think you, when you play LSU and you play uh, Jaden Daniels, you kind of go into the game knowing, look, there's going to be some plays he's able to break off where he's going to scramble and, and get some running yards. That's just that's just, that's just part of what, when you show up to the stadium, you expect that. But if Daniels has time in the pocket and he's able to to, to pick out his receivers, and I, Ole Miss's cornerbacks have played well this year, but they're not as talented as LSU's receivers. They're not as talented as Booty and Neighbors are. So if they if they get some one on one matchups and and Daniels is doing what he did last week, and I listened to a little bit of what y'all said with Brody Miller yesterday, he you know he trusts his receivers to win those matchups. They're going to win them. They're going to win them. So they have to they have to keep him from being a passer on on Saturday. Almost absolutely cannot get rattled by the environment. How many times have you seen good teams, sometimes better teams than LSU, go into Tiger Stadium and just step all over their own two feet, whether it be coaching or players or whatever? I mean, we made reference earlier this week to the 2014 Ole Miss team. They were better than LSU that day. Or that, that team was better than that LSU team. But they were rattled. They were not composed. Their coach lost his composure quarterback lost his composure, and they lost a close game against a team that they were better than. You can't have that happen here. Now, I don't think Lane Kiffin is going to lose his composure like Hugh Freeze did or or come anywhere close to it. But this is Jackson Dart's first game in an environment like this. And so when things go wrong, because in football games, things do go wrong. It's it's just kind of the nature of the game. You, You can't let one mistake become two, become three, become four. You can't let the environment get to your young quarterback and let one mistake turn into two, three, and four. And especially you can't disappear for a quarter like they've had a propensity to do. They disappeared in the second quarter against Auburn. Now, they were a lot better than Auburn, so it didn't matter. You disappear for a single full quarter in this game, you're going to lose. Well, this has to play from start to finish. And that that starts with being comfortable in an environment that's going to try to make you uncomfortable. And that's Tiger Stadium. Even though they're not going to fill it up tomorrow. Not completely anyway. Game's not sold out. A Tiger Stadium that's 10% empty is still 93,000 people. That's, that's still, I mean, that's still a pretty significant environment. Uh, turning the page uh, after one message, what, what the heck are you talking about on the text line? I, I don't know, but tune in. You'll, uh, I guess you'll find out. Mississippi State, let's do it this way. If they're going to cover or win the game, but if they're going to cover, they absolutely must do what? Have an, show an ability they have not really shown much of this year, and that's to get big chunk plays, get explosive plays. Uh, they need they need a non offensive touchdown. I'll tell you that, and they've gotten one past couple of weeks with Emmanuel Forbes, or two of the last three weeks, I should say. They, they're going to need one in this game for sure. Um, but they've got to take some chances down the field. Dylan Johnson's not playing, so I, I don't know what the running game is going to look like. You're just going to have to take some chances. I mean, if, if you're throwing the ball for three yards a clip, 
then it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if you're not getting first downs, who cares? You're going to turn, you're going to punt the ball away anyway. Throw it down the field. If that's your punt, that's your punt. But on third and seven, don't throw it short of the sticks. Throw it 20 yards down the field and let Ra-Ra Thomas, let Tulu Griffin, let Justin Robinson get up and make a play. They can do it. I believe they can do it. You've got to give them that opportunity. You cannot just continue to settle all night against Alabama. Yeah, especially with what we saw from that secondary last week in Knoxville. That that was mine as well. We, uh, or I looked at the numbers yesterday, and by percentage, Will Rogers throws more passes behind the line of scrimmage than he does that travel more than 10 yards down the field. Yet you got to take chances down the field against this defense because five yards per completion or five yards per uh, attempt, eight yards per completion is not going to be anywhere close to enough to even keeping this game close at all tomorrow. Mississippi State absolutely cannot do what if they want to keep it close, maybe upset the tide tomorrow. They can't allow. Alabama to dictate what they do offensively. Mississippi State does this a lot, and it's it's very frustrating to watch. In that they they don't take the, the, the I feel like they don't take the attack to their opponents. They kind of take what they can get the whole way down, and and you know and sometimes it works. You know it, it works it works well, especially when they're able to run the football. I don't feel like that's going to be the case. They have to be the aggressors tomorrow. Uh, it sort of goes back to what I said. I, I'm going to tie them together. They have to be the aggressors in this game. They have to come out swinging. They they have to play with nothing to lose. They have to play. You know, all, all every cliche you want to throw about the underdog, you got to roll it all up into one and, and play it for Mississippi State. Uh, mine is it's a little bit goofy. Ah, oh, play clean. Yeah, you got to play clean football to win games. Uh, breaking news: more at eleven. But especially because Alabama is the most penalized team in the SEC. The, the Tennessee game was not an anomaly for them. That is almost a weekly thing for Alabama. They did the same thing against Texas. Did the, they did the same thing against Texas A&M. They will give you, based on the sample size we have, free first downs, extending drives because of dumb penalties. You can't do the same thing. If you're going to keep this game close, if you're going to upset it, and they're going to give you these free first downs like they've given everybody so far this season, you can't return the favor. If state's cleaner than Alabama, you're going to get drives extended, stuff like that, uh, and then you got to capitalize on those opportunities. But you are facing the most penalized team in the SEC. Take advantage of that. You can't match that, or else it won't be close. But if you don't, who knows with a couple free shots what can happen. So there you go. Yeah. There's your two questions on a Friday. Send yours in on the text line, the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. You want to be a part of the conversation, that's where to do it. We'd love to have you. Your answers, we'll read those after we talk a little high school football with Will East. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Richard's off today. He'll be back Monday. It is Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. High school football preview when we come back. This, this 
is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. can absolutely must do to beat LSU. What can they absolutely not do? And the same thing for State in Tuscaloosa. Send them in on the text line, 601-879-4395. We also got a message asking about an article that was seen on the internet about how Lane Kiffin spent last weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska. The internet's a, an interesting place. No, no, I, I understand why fans are wondering Nebraska people have tracked a plane that was filled with guys that are from Nebraska that wanted to go see an Ole Miss game. There's pictures of them online and stuff. So, no. Nothing to worry about there. But let's turn the page. High school football tonight. Will East joins us right now. Feels like a scam to me, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) So, we said earlier, Will, that we're surprised that it's already week eight in college football. It's week 10 in high school football, right? Yeah, so uh, we'll have some teams in their regular season next week. Most of teams across Mississippi will end their regular season on November 3rd, so it's not much time left. It seems like it gets here, and then it's over in a flash, and it has been a fun season thus far, but... There are a lot of regional titles still up for grabs, and it's so important for teams to get a home playoff spot in this first round. So the first two teams in each region get a home playoff game, and that's important because, number one, you're at home in the first round of the playoffs, but maybe more importantly, you get a much more manageable opponent in that first round, and so you got some teams out there jockeying for position, basically, and it's all going to come down to the last week of the regular season. So what uh, we'll get started with the game that is most pertinent to you of all the games tonight, and there's, uh, what, a couple hundred around the state of Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. Which one stands out to you the most? One that I'm going to be paying attention to a, uh, a good deal is Brandon at Oak Grove. This is a game that I kind of circled. Usually I'll, I'll take the schedule out and I'll, I'll say, well, I think this team's going to be good. I think this team's going to be good. When are they going to play each other? And Brandon at Oak Grove is an interesting one. It normally is, uh, but Brandon's the number one team in the state. If you've watched Ole Miss, you've seen kind of what Brandon does on offense. They run a hurry-up for high school, hurry-up, up-tempo offense that spreads everything around, but they run the ball a lot. They have two dynamic running backs. You know, Ole Miss has Judkins and Evans. Um, Brandon has Jarvis Durr and Nate Blunt, and those two kids have about the even have about an even amount of yards and touchdowns on the season, and they can throw the ball with Landon Varnes when they need to. And most high school defenses just aren't prepared for it, and nobody's really slowed them down. The fewest points they've scored in a game this season was against Warren Central at Warren Central. It was 21 points, and they still won by 14. Uh, the surprising thing for for Brandon this year has been defense. They they have a much better defense than we were expecting. Oak Grove, meanwhile, kind of went through a little bit of a slump. They lost two games in a row in the middle part of the season. They seem to be playing better. They're still kind of not very consistent. 
um, they're going to need everything to kind of come together if they're going to hope to slow down Brandon. I don't think you can stop Brandon, but maybe you could slow them down. Uh, so that'll be a game that I'm looking forward to tonight. Another one is Germantown and Madison Central, two teams headed in complete opposite directions. Germantown is surging. They've won three straight now. Madison Central, meanwhile, if you look at the regional standings right now, they're fourth. This is the defending 6A state champ. They're fourth in the region standings. Just two or three weeks ago, they were a top-five team in the state. They have fallen really fast. Uh, they just cannot stop the run right now. So uh, Warren, uh, Madison Central is going to have to figure out a way to, to stop the bleeding. Another one is the Egg Bowl. The Little Egg Bowl, not the Big Egg Bowl, but the Little Egg Bowl between Starkville and Oxford. And this one's interesting not because both teams are doing great. It's interesting because both teams need a win. There is a small sliver of a chance for Oxford to make the playoffs. They're currently number five in the regional standings. Again, the top four teams make it. Um, they're in Region 2 of 6A. Starkville, meanwhile, is, uh, I think, sixth, seventh in that, that region right now. They're they're way behind. They have a small sliver of a chance, but they'll need to win tonight and have some other things go right for them if they're going to make the playoffs. Again, this is a far cry from where we were just a few weeks ago when both of these two teams were looking really good, especially Starkville. They were as high as number three in the entire state. Right now, they're five and three. They've lost three regional games. They might not make the playoffs if they don't win tonight. And so that's kind of 6A in a nutshell uh, of the games I'll be paying attention to tonight. 5A is really where the big games are tonight, though. You've got East Central at Gaucher. Two teams that are complete opposites. East Central run the ball. They've thrown the ball maybe 17 times the entire season. Gaucher has a kid by the name of Caden Irving who's already committed to Ole Miss in baseball, but he's a heck of a quarterback. Last week against Van Cleve, Caden Irving had over 300 yards passing, six touchdown passes. He also ran for 100 yards and had another two scores on the ground. So eight touchdowns in the game for Caden Irving last week against Van Cleve. And Van Cleve's a good football team. Um, Gaucher and East Central tonight. East Central has already played Picayune and lost. Gaucher will play Picayune at the end of the regular season. That will, if Gaucher wins tonight, that will decide that regional title. So that's a big matchup. Then you've got Neshoba Central at Vicksburg. This is an interesting one because two run-heavy teams. Uh, you've got Vicksburg with one of the best defenses in the state. They've been doing well the past couple of weeks. Their offense is doing much better than it was earlier in the year. And this was the part of the season where Vicksburg fell apart last year. Last year, they were doing the same thing they were doing right now. They were doing really well, and then they lost the last two games of the year against Neshoba Central and Holmes County Central. Well, tonight they'll have Neshoba Central, and then they'll have Holmes County Central at the end of the regular season. And then uh, Region 3 of 5A, which is always one of the more fun regions, Hattiesburg, Wayne County tonight. You'll also have West Jones and Laurel. That'll be a fun one. And then in 4A, there's two big monster matchups in 4A football. In the north part of the state, the big matchup is Houston at Ripley. And the reason why this is interesting is because Houston has maybe the best team they've ever fielded in their 90-plus years of playing football. That's pretty good. Ripley's undefeated. This game was wild last year. Ripley won 42, I'm sorry, 52 to 44. 
And these two teams are, are in the same region now, and they used to be in the same region back in the 70s and 80s. And Houston is going to try to do something tonight that they haven't done since this song was the number one song on your Billboard charts. Oh, gosh. October 1st, 1982 was the last time that the Hilltoppers beat Ripley, and they are going to try again tonight. Uh, Again, they don't play every single year, but they're in the same region once again, so this is going to be a recurring theme. Until Houston beats Ripley, they have not won since John Cougar's hit. Not John Cougar Mellencamp. Not John Mellencamp. John Cougar. It's what he was known back then, had Jack and Diane as the number one hit on the Billboard charts. So it's been a while. And then you've got Poplarville and Columbia. That's the, the game in the south part of 4A that's so big. Columbia's the defending 4A state champ, and Poplarville's a powerhouse program. And Poplarville's got revenge on their minds. They lost three games last year, all in all. Two of those losses were to Columbia. You better believe they're looking for a little revenge tonight once the coin toss happens. Do you like a chili dog, uh, Will? I love a chili dog. I had one the other day. Okay. Delicious. Was it outside the Tasty Freeze? <laughs> so. We got a, a text in here, Will, about Tupelo. It's not, not Their matchup tonight, not great. Obviously, they're playing winless Murrah. But they're 8-0 in the year. How, how good is that team? Are they a legit cha- yes. uh, challenger for Brandon? Yes. Uh, they are. Now, in years past, the past, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years, Tupelo, Bit of a bit of a paper tiger, I would say. They would have an undefeated regular season, but they weren't playing as tough of a competition in the regional play part of the schedule. This year they are, though. They've beaten Madison Central. They've beaten Starkville. They've had a uh, um, uh, a couple of really good. They beat Oxford, um, and they're doing it with defense. They have only allowed forty points this entire year. That's it, forty. There's only one other team, a team in two, in, no, in one A football that has allowed fewer points. That is incredible for six A football, um, yeah. and they're also really good on offense with Jeremiah Harrell, the quarterback there, who's extremely accurate. Last week against Madison Central, he was sixteen of nineteen, two hundred something passing yards, and I believe three touchdowns. He's very efficient. He spreads the ball around, not quick release, not like a lot of high school quarterbacks. That's why I say this year Tupelo is for real. They're the team to beat in um, 6A North right now. So we're up against a hard break here. Preview show right after we get off the air here at 6. Absolutely. At 6 with with just me, and then at tonight at 10 p.m. we'll have – the full Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company High School Football Scoreboard Show. That's Will East with your uh, rundown. Thanks a lot, Will. We'll see you next week. All right. Keep sending them in. 601-879-4395. Will East joined us, by the way, on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. What does Ole Miss have to do? What can they absolutely not do? What does State have to do? What can they absolutely not do? Our two questions when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. Yeah. Covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on Supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. 
Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you on a Friday. Chase from Columbus, one of our more insightful textures, says, Can State find some way to manipulate the linebackers and create throwing intermediate uh, windows in the intermediate throwing the football down the field against a shell zone, which they will inevitably see from Alabama. Can the offensive line hold up enough to allow those intermediate passes to develop, even if they do have something in the middle deep passing game dialed up this week? This is another test for the state offensive line as well. Huge test. Huge test with Will Anderson. And, and you know, you think back a year ago, I mean, he just absolutely abused Scott Lashley over there on that right side, Alabama smartly did not put him over there, put Will Anderson over there on Charles Cross's side, so he didn't get that great matchup. But it was the right move because he had four sacks in that game, all of them coming across Scott Lashley. I would imagine he'll be in the more natural left-handed position this year, which means Nick Jones, you know, batter up. It's it's up to you. And, look, you go into that game knowing you're going to give up a sack. Will Anderson's going to get a sack. I mean, that's just just the nature of the beast. He can't have three sacks. He can't have four sacks. So you got to win more than you lose against against Will Anderson. But the problem is they have great pass rushers everywhere. So, yeah, this is a massive test for State's offensive line. They have to give Will Rogers a chance. Yeah, they do. He also says, can Dart hit the tighter windows he's going to get uh, thrown at him this week? Pressure will probably be as much as he's seen in his career in an environment he hasn't played in against DBs he's never seen. Are we sure that LSU has that, though? I know they've got the the, the, good, a, the pass rushers are there, but the, the, the back yeah. half of their defense is not what we're there's, used to seeing. There's no Patrick Peterson, Morris Claiborne, you know, Derek, Derek Stingley back there kind of guy. They, they got good corners though. They're good, and, look, and he's right. This is the this is the best defense that they've seen, I think. And this is also the the in terms of his Kentucky's. college football career. I think so. I think more talented for sure. And then, but I also think that in terms of the environment, I mean, he hasn't been anywhere like this. You look at where they've been. Ole Miss has been on the road this year, nowhere. And then what you see in the Pac-12, nothing would compare to Tiger Stadium. So oh, no, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of pressure on Dart this week. The good news for Ole Miss fans is I think Dart's a really good quarterback, and I think he can handle that pressure. It's just how much you know how much of it can he handle? Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at his starts at USC, and I think the most difficult road game he's played in so far in his career is Washington State. I think so. Yeah, I mean, what I are mean, we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, I mean, ask Mike Leach. Put it this way. So Mississippi State and Ole Miss both have smaller stadiums compared to most of the rest of the SEC. Mike Leach's stadium capacity, for whatever it's worth, doubled when he took the Mississippi State job. Literally doubled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge stadium out there on the Palouse. No. It's but, nice looking, though. It's yeah. just uh, not, not Oh, it's a great big. venue. No no question about it, especially when you get late in the winter and it's just dumping snow on you at all times. But, yeah, yeah, the, the environment is something. I'm interested to see how Dart reacts to that, Yeah, you know, in front of 100,000 screaming LSU fans, which, as you know, if you've ever been to Tiger Stadium, they reach a noise level higher than any other 100,000 humans can do. I don't know how they do it. Maybe it's something in the Rue, but... They do it. It's something in the Rue, and then it's bourbon. J- just a lot more well, of it we, than you know, most places. We've all got the bourbon. Everybody's drinking the football water at the games. I'm just saying. 
Bradley and Marietta is not feeling very optimistic this weekend. Said we will get beat talking about state 56 to nothing if they want to smash the gas. This game is the perfect storm for a total disaster on multiple levels. It is. And there's no arguing with that. The yeah, state was already behind the eight ball before the events of this week happened. And now with them happening, you have to wonder where this team is mentally. You, you just, you, you, it's not a, it's not a, a, uh, a leap of faith to say that they're going. There are distractions, to say the least. We get one message here. How does L- how is LSU so good when they beat a terrible Florida team last weekend and gave up thirty five points to that offense? I don't think anybody on this show this week has said that they are quote unquote so good. However, you have a nineteen year old quarterback making his first. Let's be honest, real road SEC start. Vanderbilt does not count. I mean, you had half the stadium. This is totally different. And and while another texter mentioned, so far composure does not appear to be an issue for him. Uh, I think Ole Miss is going into the Auburn game. I think it was two sacks given up. That's not because they're not giving up pressures. He's very good in the pocket at, at avoiding pressure. But we haven't seen it here Yet, So until we do, we don't know. Going to Tiger Stadium and winning is never, ever, ever easy. Even if this is not your typical, especially LSU defense. It's still really freaking hard to go there and win games. you got to play well. They're a talented football team. You know year in, year out, LSU recruits up the top of the country. So they got talent. They just haven't played. But, you know, I, maybe last week was the first step to them coming together and putting all of that together. And if they do, that's a scary team. So, you know, it's 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 kind of on Ole Miss to try to slow them down this week. If LSU wins this game, it's it's kind of, you know, that's the heat check. Yep. So we'll see. We will, uh, we will see. We'll give our picks later on in the show when we come back. I guess we'll – do we have to? Yeah. We'll talk about the Saints when, when, when we come uh. back. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. If you want to change our mind, we'll be back. Jackson ninety seven point three. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. and you want a little reason why to hate LSU, they can't play that song anymore because a vulgar phrase, vulgar, that they still find ways to chant at their football game. So if you're bringing your seven-year-old down to the game like I know somebody is, you're going to have to explain to them what a couple of words mean. (laughs) They say a curse word every time they say hotty toddy. Not, not those. <laughs> I, think, I think there's levels, you know? It's not all the same, but there, there's levels to it. Uh, so, to avoid talking uh. about the Saints for a second, I want to tell you about a video I just saw during the break. Some guy, an aptly called a moron, put on a, uh, a wetsuit 
and grabbed this. It's like um, if you've ever been water skiing, it's like the handle that attaches to the back of a boat, but this one is designed to take you under the water. 10 feet or so. Okay. And you can manipulate it to where you can go up and take a breath if you need to or whatever. The reason mm-hmm. this guy was doing this is because he wanted to know what it was like to swim with killer whales. So you see a GoPro attached to this rope, and behind him are killer whales as he's getting pulled behind a boat like he's a fishing lure. Did he make it? Uh, apparently so, because the video's been posted oh. online. But as far as we a know, shame. a killer whale has never killed a human in the wild. They, they, they yeah, well, don't. They don't. It doesn't do count that. if you if you if you disguise yourself as a right. fishing lure. You, you you might you know you might be the first. People say the scientists say that they're smarter than that, but they're also really concerned that one day they're going to find that they can do it, and then they won't stop because they are highly intelligent. God made killing machines. That is what they are orchestrated to do. And this guy thought, huh, you would be fun acting like I'm a fishing lure. And you see these whales in the background. One day, this guy is going to come across the wrong one who's going to be like, you know what? That looks fun. And that's it. And people are going to call it tragic or whatever. And the guys on the boat are going to be like, you know what? We tried to tell them, don't get in the water with killer whales. Anyway, speaking of killer, how about Andy Dalton last night? Ugh. And the thing is, this is going to sound so stupid. Absent the interception in the red zone and absent the pick six, it was pretty good. (laughs) Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? The Saints are a disaster. They are so... They find creative ways to lose games that they are in control of. Every week it's something. This week it was back-to-back pick sixes before a half that you were in complete and total control of. Last week it was shanking a punt, then giving up a one-play 60-yard touchdown drive to Cincinnati when you were leading late in the fourth. Every week, this team finds something new or a new way to lose games. And I get that. It's the NFL. The difference between winning and losing is an incredibly tiny margin. It's very small. But what frustrates the heck out of me after all of this is Dennis Allen blames it on injuries. And I'm not stupid. This team would be better had Michael Thomas been playing lately and Jarvis Landry and Marshawn Lattimore. Absolutely they would be better. But they didn't lose last night simply because they didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. They didn't lose last week simply because they didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. They are horrible in turnover margin. Quite frankly, right now they're horrible defensively. They get into the red zone and they forget that Alvin Kamara is on their team. And Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael coach more conservatively than Ben Shapiro. Matt Walsh looks at their red zone decisions and thinks, "Uh, it's a little too far right for me. (laughs) Let's just just be honest. We're going to be honest here, right? This is Sports Talk Mississippi. We don't like to lie to people. 
They're putrid. Yes, they're so bad. It's just it's just painful to watch. I, you can't you can't get into this team, and I, I wanted to believe in Jameis, and I know he's been hurt, but right now we're really seeing the effects of the Saints not having the exit strategy for the post Breeze world. They did they you know they, they would always they would draft some not great quarterback you know despite the fact that they could have traded up in some years and gotten a guy and let him sit under the learning tree for a couple seasons. But they weren't willing to do that. And now, I mean, right now they would have the fourth pick in the draft next year if they had a first-round pick, which they don't, because they traded it as, as part of the deal to get Chris Olave, who's really good and would be a great weapon, along with Landry and, and Thomas, for a new quarterback that they're going to have to figure out a way to, uh, to sign. I don't know how they're going to do that, but... It looks like the Saints had a great run over the last, you know, prior to last year, the four seasons prior to that, right? NFC Championship game a couple times. Just couldn't get over the hump. Got totally screwed once. But it looks like this is they're in a full rebuild at this point. Matt Duplo says, I vote to start Taysom. Dalton needs to retire. Better yet, get Corral and Moore to be traded to the Saints. Well, Matt Corral's injured out for the year anyway. But the, the, the issue is it's not... Taysom Hill's role, it's his usage. When they used him against Seattle, they were great offensively. The way they used him against Seattle was great. Last week, though, they abandoned that. They were they scored one touchdown in six red zone trips last week and scored points on every trip. Five field goals in six red zone trips, and last night, something very similar. They, they, they don't give Taysom and Kamara the touches when they get down to that point of the field, it's bizarre. It's like they abandon what works. They don't need to start Taysom Hill at quarterback. They don't need to start him. They need to use him. He had three rush attempts last night. Three. It's bizarre. They just they forget. It's weird. They forget what works. They, wow. after a first down incompletion, they hand it off on eighty five percent of second downs. Yeah. They just. They, they they do all of the cliched things that bad coaches do. You know, when you talk about bad coaches and like their inability to get the ball to their playmakers and their 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 predictability and their conservative play calling even in situations where they're down, these are what bad coaches do when they lose football games. Good coaches find find adjustments. They get the ball to their playmakers. They they are unpredictable in their play calling, so you can't game plan as easily for them. And it's it's just as simple as that. And I you know I wasn't a Dennis Allen guy when the, when they hired him. I, I wanted him to go after Bienemy. I don't know how that would have worked out, obviously. But I mean, sometimes Offense Dennis Allen's. Like I, know, I, I know Dennis Allen was at the Raiders at the like the worst time to be at the Raiders. So you know you can't really judge him off of that, but you can kind of judge him off of that. Those teams weren't competitive, so I don't know. I, I it, just feels like it's going to be a couple years here while they, they get they get yeah. the car out of the mud. Texter says, receivers looked like me trying to eat with chopsticks. Hands unaligned so much. I mean, you give up a pick six because a ball hits Marquez Callaway in the forehead and bounces up in the air, mm-hmm. and then you have to settle for a field goal because, again, Dennis Allen is more conservative than Ron DeSantis. 
uh, after Traquan Smith, ball goes right through his hands in the end zone. In, in, in that series, people were bemoaning play calling, and I thought, if you're $3 million, which isn't a lot, but still, a guy's paid $3 million a year to catch footballs. He's got goes, one job. Goes right through his hands, and then instead of to make a two-score game, a one-score game by going for it on fourth down, Deep in Arizona territory, in a goal-to-go situation, you kick a field goal to make a two-score game, a two-score game in in the second half. I mean, if we're talking about wide receivers dropping passes, allow me to channel my inner Roy Keane here. Like, that's his job. Do me a favor. I mean, you're a wide receiver. Your job is to catch the ball. It's literally the only thing they pay you for. Yeah. They they talk about wide receivers blocking all the time. No one cares if wide receivers can block. Really, no one does. If you catch everything that's thrown to you, you can play in the NFL forever. Catch the ball! Catch the ball. We'll get to a lot of your messages when we come back, but this one cracks me up. Uh, Somebody's asking the worst high school football mascot or name we've ever heard. Somebody says the Stars has to be the worst. I'm not going to say the mascot, because I want you guys to see it for yourself. Google... Robstown Early College High School. Robstown Early College High School mascot. Robstown Early College High School mascot. You doing it? I am I am doing it. No. <laughs> yes. It, it can't be. It's real. It is very real. Sports Talk Mississippi <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> no. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you on a Friday having a good time. Smiling through the pain anyway of the Saints loss last night. They stink! They had a players-only meeting led by Alvin Kamara after the game last night. Again, I am sick to death. Last night, hearing it multiple times. It happened last night, happened today. Hearing Dennis Allen blame injuries on why they're playing the way they are. it's, It's exhausting to me. Arizona was injured last night. They were missing their, well, their second best wide receiver because uh, poor kid yeah, with the sign. Hopkins was back. Hoppins was back. Uh, got roasted on the broadcast. That poor kid <laughs> worked so hard on his side and forgot uh-huh. forgot the K. Uh, but still, they were without what three offensive linemen in their up until this point their best wide receiver. Kyler Murray's. Mm-hmm screaming obscenities at his coach. They're fighting on the sidelines, and you can't beat that? I'm sorry, that's not because Jarvis Landry didn't play, Dennis. That's It's more than that. A wildly undisciplined help, football It didn't team. help. It didn't help. No. It just kind of is what it is. No, it, uh, it, it did not help. All right, enough about the Saints. Let's move on to literally anything else. All right, so message boards, as we know, sometimes feature... Some of the dumbest people on the face of the earth. Sometimes, 
insightful, intelligent people as well. There's a balance. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is a troll or not, but there is an Auburn Mm -hmm. fan that I think needs to be investigated by the FBI and maybe arrested. By the CIA. I'm going to read going this. all the way with this guy. I'm going to read this entire post to you. This was on AuburnSports.com. Here is, the, I believe, their rival site. It is their rival site. The, the yeah. title of this guy's thread that he started was, I'm currently pulling a multi-day prank on my kids. I hope this is not real. Uh, if it is, send his IP address to the CIA. Here's what he said. We dropped our German shepherd off at the vet yesterday to board for the weekend. We're having a Halloween party Saturday. A lot of new people stress her out. We didn't tell our kids we were boarding her. The kids got home from school yesterday and were looking for Kelly. Weird name for a dog, but that's okay. I told them that she was hit by a car and died. I told them it was so bad they couldn't see her body and they cried and cried. I told them that they had to go dig a hole and bury her. It took them a while to dig it, and they cried the whole time. When they finished, I made them go inside the house. I retrieved a garbage bag and pretended that she was in it. I threw it in the hole and buried it. They were very upset last night and this morning. I can't wait to see their faces Sunday after I pick Kelly up from the vet. I'm going to tell them she came back from the dead like the movie Pet Cemetery. There is literally (laughs) no way... Literally no way this man hasn't murdered somebody. There's, it's not possible. This is some of the most psychopathic behavior. Even Jeffrey Dahmer would have been like, hey, guy, you know, chill a little. All right? Let's, let's calm down there, Satan. I, I, this, is, this feels like to me, I don't know how old the kids are. Maybe they're young enough that they won't process this trauma as what it is. But if you've got like a 12 or 13-year-old in here, they are never going to forget that. And when they put you in the crappy nursing home, you're going to know why. You're going to know why when they're like, oh, why? This place is filthy. Yeah, Dad, get in there. That's your that's your cell slash room that they're going to chain you to the bed. Why? Because you, you pretended to kill our dog. You deserve everything you get. This person is a monster. I can't believe the wife is going along with this, too. How is that? I'm just trying to picture, like, okay, Jennifer, what we're going to do is we're going to tell the kids that one of the cats died, and they got to go outside and dig the grave for the cat. But in reality, the cat is just at the vet, and he'll be back on Tuesday. It's going to be great. She might literally hit me with a baseball bat. We don't own a baseball bat. She would just go buy one to hit me with. This is incredible. What do people do in their free time? So I feel like a jerk for ripping it because we did basically the same thing to one of my buddies in college. So I, I, I've told the story about the garbage heap that I lived in before, the five-bedroom house and, and all that. Well, one of my roommates, Robert, had a great Dane. Stella was her name, and she was the best. Loved that dog. Uh, one of our other roommates, Ford, thought that putting baking powder or soda in the fridge would help with a a leaky ice maker that we had, so it was dropping water in the fridge, so he put baking soda in there because it would help with that. I don't know if that works or not. Just That's what he did. So he's in class, and we're all at home, and we decide in our group message to start freaking out because Stella got in the fridge and ate all the baking soda. And we were updating him about how we're taking her to the vet and all that stuff, and then Stella died. 
At least that's what we told him. So he runs out of class, leaves class, gets in his car, runs back to our house to try to help any way he can. And when he opens the door, Stella's sitting there waiting for him, and she jumps on him and starts licking his face. So I've done something similar, but it was a 20-year-old, not a 9-year-old. So I think that's a little bit better. These are kid children. You're going to traumatize traumatize your own children. And the wife is going along with it. She, She might be more evil than the husband. Because, guys, we come up with dumb ideas all the time. But the wife's going along with it. Yeah. Yeah, let's teach those kids a, what lesson. I don't know, but we're going to teach them the lesson. We, we did the same thing. There was a fire truck that parked next to our house uh, for, for something unrelated. And we did the same thing to a guy that we added to our house after Robert left. His name was Cole. And, and we were all sending him pictures of the fire truck, and we were all f- – fake freaking out because the house is on fire and Cole's in class and he responds to us and says, go back in and get my duck calls, is what he said. Like, yeah, Cole, we're going to go into our house and risk death for your duck commander belt or whatever. Yeah, give me a break. So, you know, he kind of deserved it. This Auburn guy deserves jail. (sighs) Was that we're acting so woke? Okay. What? What? I, I was official that that word is broken. Yeah. Well, if you think what we're we're saying that it's not okay to traumatize children by telling them the f- beloved family pet is dead and they got to go outside and dig the grave and somehow we're woke. Okay. I, I miss the days I, when that I, word I, meant that we believed in aliens. I, I miss that day. Yeah. Nobody cares. Talk sports. This show sucks when Richard is not there. I hate you, whoever you are. I don't like you. And it's okay if you just turn off, turn off the radio, you know, move along with your life. Yes, that's the house that had to be condemned and demolished. Um, so, on Gallo... I get ripped apart for my college house and it having to be condemned, not to my fault. You get called sexy. How fair is that? I don't, I don't deserve- Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be on on Monday. I better get some compliments about my looks from Paul Gallo at 8.30 on Monday Seems morning. Seems unlikely. I know. Seems unlikely. i got to do my hair. Uh, by the way, or, I'm or still sure tearing up. I'm still tearing up from seeing the picture of the mascot of the high school you you mentioned. I I have not been able to stop, like, a little tear rolling out of my eye. Because every time I think about it, I (laughs) chuckle. We had a... Literally the worst one I've ever seen. Somebody said that text was was Richard. It might have been. I I was was literally thinking of, like, you know, I don't want to make fun too much, but, like, like Pisgah was the dragons. They're the dragons. Like, dragons is a little odd mascot. But no, Borky went with an atomic bomb... It's like, here, look at this mascot. I can't believe it's real. I can't I really believe can't. it's a real thing. And it is. And I'm still, I've just been tearing up for the last 10 minutes. It hurts. Gosh. Uh, shout out my friend John Wallhood was listening. Yeah, he remembers. Cole, go back in and get my duck calls. Yeah, buddy. Sure. Sure thing. Going to die for, <laughs> die for that. No uh, no problem there. 
Like that. Just like those babysitters in Hamilton, the parents should be caned Singapore style. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. Oh, man. And so we got a, a bunch of messages that said, the wife's probably not in the picture anymore, and you could guess why. Yeah, you think? How did the guy dad get custody? Hey, my little guy's going to be blippy for Halloween, and he is pumped. Be lucky that, I don't know what that, that is. blippy so. came around after yours grew grew up. Let, let's just... Okay. It, it's a middle-aged man who raises his voice like 20 octaves and wears... It's actually really informative and educational, so you don't feel as bad, but if you have to watch it with him... The secondhand embarrassment that comes from this, by the way, now billionaire with a B, children's show maker, wearing his orange and blue, like weird, goofy hat with his bow tie and overalls. Um, looks like he'd be going to the Grove, but it's orange and blue. But either way, Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get picks with Bruce when we come back. Uh. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Brian Haydad with you. This is one of my favorite segments of the week, one of my favorite people we talk to on this show. Bruce Marshall joining us right now from the Gold Sheet on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Bruce, thank you so much for your time on this Friday. We'll start in Baton Rouge. Tell me if I'm crazy. It feels like nationally, not just in, in your circles, the, the uh, odds makers and, and handicappers, but uh, a lot of media really loving the Tigers in this game. Not a whole lot of respect being given to Ole Miss's schedule so far. Where's your lean here? Well, Michael, I think you might be right there. And here's a, to confirm that um, it is very rare at this point of the season uh, that you could get a top 10 team and underdog against an unranked team. Uh, even if it's a, it's a it's a thin spread, but I can only think of a few times in the last 25 years that's happened. So that's a little bit of an oddity. Uh, and I think you know I I'm, I'm actually I'm coming down for the Alabama game in a couple of weeks, so I I kind of want out Ole Miss to be <laughs> undefeated when I show up. But uh, I think this is going to be tough. I, my question about the Rebels right now is what. The, the the Vanderbilt game was the one game we really saw the passing game open up and uh, the big chunk plays, and it was Mingo and Watkins big and Dart getting the ball downfield. But that's really the only game where we've seen the offense sort of look like it did last year. It's been fine this year, but it's been mostly on the ground, and Lane went back, the Lane train went back to the Overland route running the football last week. My concern is that that big effort against Vanderbilt maybe was just more a function of Vanderbilt not able to play pass defense, which it can't. And does that translate into other games? I think at some point Jackson Dart's going to have to 
have that sort of a game to keep Ole Miss going here. I, I saw him at USC last year. I think he can do it. Uh, this isn't going to be easy, though, because LSU, you know, the, the Tennessee game, Tennessee might be exceptional, as we saw. Other than that, I mean, they have looked really good since the first half of the opener against Florida State when they were getting adjusted. Now, Jaden Daniels has been magical for the most part, and we saw this at Arizona State when he was there. When he was good, he was really good. Now, some, he wasn't always good, but when he is on the game like he was last week against the Gators in the Swamp, he looked spectacular. And they have also shown an ability to fight back this year, which I kind of like about this LSU team. I think this is going to be a tough test for the lane train down there tomorrow. 26-23 LSU, leaning a little bit to LSU at home. Um, yeah, it's going to be close, uh, but uh, a little bit lean to LSU there. So you like the under as well. 65 seems huge, too. It does seem a little high, and uh, especially if you know, Ole Miss is uh, running – the ball, although they've been involved in a couple of uh, wild scoring games the last couple of weeks, I, I think it's going to be a lot slower scoring in Baton Rouge tomorrow. Bruce, over here for Mississippi State, they go to Alabama, a game that, you know, chances are they're not going to be in the game, let alone have a chance to win a 21-point spread. Obviously, I think you'll take Alabama to cover that. The over-under is interesting here, too, because it's 61. I don't see Mississippi State putting up the kind of points to get to that over-under. Do you? I don't, although we're, you know, the last couple of years, I mean, they have not done anything against Saban's defense. And, oh, by the way, I mean, uh, the last time Alabama lost a regular season game, it was a year ago against A&M, and it was right before they faced Mississippi State. So I hear Leach gets them again off a loss. That is not advisable, uh, especially since Saban has seemed to take pleasure in torturing Leach the last couple of years. Uh, 90 to 9 total score the last uh, two years. And oh, Mississippi State didn't run a lick last year, only one yard. And they kind of reverted back to that last week. That's what bothers me more. Uh, also, I mean, the fact they've been kind of home road this year, certainly in the SEC, they've been that way. But the running game disappeared last week after we saw it look pretty good against AM, but nothing happened there against Kentucky. It was. Will Rogers, and he had his lowest passing output of the year last week. Uh, this does not bode well. One problem I have with Alabama, though, too many darn penalties. I mean, they're third nationally in penalties, 17 last week. I hope Saban didn't have to film one of those Affleck commercials on Sunday. That would have been kind of funny, putting him in front of a camera after a game <laughs> like that. But uh, 45-17 Alabama. So that's right about on the, the total. Um, and, I, and I think Alabama can handle I mean, when it, they, they, they play, they, they, they fly close to the flame. And they did it last year a lot, too, so they don't always blow you out. But Mississippi State has looked a bad fundamental matchup uh, for the Bulldogs, at least, against the Tide the last couple of years. I think Mississippi State fans would take that score, to be totally honest with you, Bruce, the way they've played against Alabama the past couple of years. Um, also in the SEC, this is an intriguing game. Not a lot of national pub on it, but Texas A&M, South Carolina. A&M coming off the bye week. They played so well against... Uh, Against Alabama, South Carolina coming off a bye, they beat Kentucky. They they got a chance to, to maybe get to seven wins if they can get a win here. How do you like this game? I sort of like South Carolina, but if liking them, I have to. I'm sort of relying on their special teams doing something. And there's one stat line here about South Carolina that's really jumping out at me. And you talk about a chip off the old block. Shane Beamer, this is how his daddy Frank used to do it. They've blocked five 
kicks already this season. And uh, punts, and they return them for touchdowns. I mean, that's what Beamer Ball did uh, at Virginia Tech uh, for all those years, and now his son has sort of got South Carolina doing the same. Um, and that was – now, they, they, they did get Kentucky with the backup quarterback a couple of weeks ago without Levis in there, so that was a plus. And Rattler uh, has blown hot and cold for them. And, I mean, not hot all that much either, so he hasn't been quite – what they were hoping for at quarterback, but the defense has held up pretty good. And A and M, let's let's face it here. I still, I know they played Alabama really tough, but Jimbo loses this game. He's three and four, and all those Texas Aggie X's and uh, and the, the the nil collectives down there, they didn't pay all that money to you know compete for the Music City and the Texas Bowl. They want something more than that. So I don't think I think Jimbo could lose this game. Twenty three twenty one. We took. Uh, we took the Gamecocks at uh, williams Bryce tomorrow. Ooh, love that pick, Bruce. Bruce Marshall, uh, before we continue, tell the people where they can get your stuff. Thanks, Michael. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. Hey, the NBA has started now, so we're writing those things up every uh, night as well. we got all the sports going now, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, the whole thing. Goldsheet.com, my picks there. Also, Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. Bruce, can Syracuse beat Clemson? Um. It's possible because I think Syracuse is is really good, and I, although the schedule's broken right, and they caught NC State without Devin Leary last week. But uh, remember, Dino Babers has given Davos some trouble in the past. Um, Schrader, the ex, you guys have seen him Mississippi State before. Uh, he's, he's he's slotted in very nicely up there at Syracuse, and Dino has got this offense really revolving around Sean Tucker, great running back. And uh, Schrader plays off him very well, a good dual threat. Um, and they're unbeaten right now, and they, and they I think, are a pretty live dog tomorrow. Now, I, Clemson might be better than I think. They're getting healthier in the secondary. But this defense, I think, has been a little bit, uh, more than a little bit of a letdown this year, especially since, uh, you know, a lot of people back there were thinking this, this might be like Georgia's defense last year. It hadn't been near that good. Um, and DJU has been playing better at quarterback, better than I thought he could. So I think that gets Clemson the win. But you're laying nearly two touchdowns. That's a lot. 31-23, Clemson, our score forecast. That keeps them unbeaten. By the way, Dabo has won 13 in a row. Sequence that different. That's like a full season of undefeated, and that is the longest win streak in the country. Bruce, it's a weekly feature at this point. It started kind of as an offshoot. Now the people want to hear it. So that one game that... That is off our radar and off the regular fans' radar that you love this weekend. Yeah, and, and this game might be off all radar this week. Um, and I pity anybody who actually has to sit and watch this one in the Mountain West, where there are a lot of teams uh, plumbing new depths of ineptitude this year. Uh, Colorado State, uh, although they're playing a little better in recent weeks, Jay Norvell has no offense there. They lost. I mean, he has transfers coming in. They've had injuries. He doesn't really have a quarterback. Uh, they can't score, and they've been under six in a row. Hawaii comes over to the mainland. They played one of the worst games. Uh, I can remember a couple weeks ago at San Diego State. I mean, dull game. They played well, but it was low scoring. They got this total, like, at 46-and-a-half. I think they could play two games and maybe not get to 46-and-a-half. I think this one goes way under. And, I mean, Colorado State's games are landing like 30 and 31 the last couple of weeks. And that 31, they needed two defensive touchdowns to get there. This is going to be a low-scoring game, so a big under tomorrow. 
in the Mountain West, Hawaii, Colorado State. Bruce, that's why you're the best. Thank you so much for your time, as always, and we'll talk to you this time next week. Okay, Michael, thank you. That's Bruce Marshall, the Gold Sheet. Check him out, goldsheet.com. He joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Wasn't here yesterday. What did Lee Sterling pick for the uh, LSU Ole Miss game? Picked LSU. To win outright? And cover, yes. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're favorites, I'm surprised. I I know, I know, but but the the line is so close. If you're picking LSU, you're kind of saying they're going to win. And there's been late movement back down. If you're picking Ole Miss, you're saying they're going to win. Right. There's been late movement back down in Ole Miss's favor for whatever it's worth. Dropped from 2.5 to 1.5. Very interesting. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Very Mississippi. Text us 601-879-4395. 42 years since my last confession. Well, Father, do you have the rest of the week? Let's get started. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. So some pictures came out earlier, by the way, speaking of Mississippi State, of a fully placed court inside of Humphrey Coliseum. It appears as though it's able to be used. Yeah. At least that's what it looks like. Yeah. A lot, so a lot what of was rumors going around. I don't know. It's, it just started up online and it got picked up. I know some, some other... Places we're talking about it, but I reached out to somebody at MSU uh, a couple days ago. I thought we were going to talk about it on the show, and uh, we just didn't get to it. But they were they were adamant. They were like Mississippi State is playing all of its home basketball games at the Hump this year. So they did have to bring in a temporary court. You you know that that's what that is. But Mississippi State's playing home basketball at the Hump. End of story. I did see a John Cohen quote last night, though, and and he compared those those rumors to flat earthers and a, <laughs> flat but, earthers. But then he also said we're going to have to work around some construction. It's like, well, well but, hold on now. If it if this well, is flat, it's sort Earth, of the same way. No, it's sort of the same way they had to work around construction at Duty Noble. I mean, they yeah. just work around the construction. So I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not too terribly worried about it. I did I did read Kyrie Irving's tweets about the hump not being playable, and so there you go. You're, 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 you're good at the hump this year. So yeah, uh, first game is the is Monday, the seventh of November. Sort of odd. I thought that yeah, starting on a Monday. You got a week. They start on a Monday after a home football game. Like, why would you not start on the weekend of the home football game where everybody's still in town? I, I don't. Maybe it's an SEC thing. I, I don't know. But I thought it was a little, a little weird. But that's when the season starts anyway. Yeah, start that Friday at least. That's what normally they would do. I remember Howland's first year. Uh, they played the first game before. I think I think it was before the Alabama game, and uh, had a massive crowd in there. And obviously, everybody was very excited for Ben Howland's uh, start of his career. Of course, Malik Newman was on that team and didn't play in that game, but everybody was excited. They thought they were going to see him. And uh, 
You know, maybe that ended up being like an allegory for how that tenure was going to go. I don't know. I, I wish I still had the, the audio. And it, it's completely taken out of context. In fairness to Richard Cross, this was before Ben Howland. But in talking about Malik Newman, he said on these very airwaves, Malik Newman's not walking mm-hmm. through that door. And there was that cut of him just saying that on mm-hmm. this board, on this computer, and it has since, I guess, expired because you can't put end dates on these things. I can't find it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it makes me very sad because while For completely sure. taken out of context. What's the context? It was but the state that, wasn't going to get him. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was saying he's not walking through that door, meaning that he's not going to sign on to the current state of Mississippi State basketball. But then in steps Ben Howland and is able to sign him. So it was yeah. it was before all that. So the context yeah. is he was not going to sign with Rick Ray. No, I will and, agree with and, that. And that's what he was saying. It's you got to make changes because Malik Newman's not walking through that door. But it was he only, had new information though. It was old name. Yeah. Malik Newman's not walking through that door is all it was. And it used to be yeah. right up here, and I don't have it anymore. And it makes me sad. Oh, well. Oh, well. Because I've never been wrong about sports, neither have you. Only Richard. No, no chance. Yeah, no never. chance. It does crack me so, up Yes, when people will, will be like, oh, you got this game wrong. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Again, if I could get them all right, I wouldn't be on this radio show. No. I would be living... I would have a penthouse at the Wynn in Las Vegas. I'd just be walking downstairs to the buffet every day. I think it'd be in Fiji. I mean, that looks like a cool place to live. You know, I want to live some. I want to live in America. I like. I would I like to you. vacation in places like that, but I don't want to have to be on a fifteen-hour flight to go to a live college football game. The Florida Keys seem to be nice enough to get the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, and you're not that far away. You know, and you might be neighbors with my uh, yeah, You never know. Very true. I'm not a beach guy though, so I'm not probably not going to. I'm, I'm living. I would live in a big city. I would want to live in a big city. Have a big, you know, high level penthouse or something, where I, where I can just if I'm like I'm in the mood for this, it's it's there. I don't like, have to think about it. Like that uh, that gigantic building in New York City, that very narrow, the, the tallest building in the city now has got an apartment like on the very top. I don't know top. about that. It's a, it's a little high. And I, don't, the, I don't like heights. And it, the, the building sways and makes noise when it uh-uh. sways. No, I no, no. I I'm, getting, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. No. Yeah, no shot. Like, if I had a place like that, it would be no balconies. Like, the windows are sealed shut, like at the casino where you can't jump out. <laughs> No chance that I fall out. None. <laughs> if I'm going up that high. No. Uh, we've got Ooh, our just picks thinking about it. coming up next. We'll do picks. We'll do Food Friday. 6 year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. If you want to be a part, again, we will make our picks when we come back. Five games, four SEC games, one non-SEC game when we return. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Don't go anywhere.
I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. That's not the game you guys care about. We're going to pick it, though, here in just a second. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. It's, it's the weekend. Finally, week eight. College football coming your way. Bunch of SEC teams are off. Very few actual SEC games this weekend, if we're being completely honest. But that's okay. Big slate of college football. Absent your teams, you've got Clemson-Syracuse coming up. That's a big one in the ACC, although it's a... Two touchdown line because that's the nature of the ACC anymore. Can TCU stay undefeated and play spoiler in the Big 12? That's tomorrow night. Obviously Mississippi State, Alabama. Obviously Ole Miss, LSU. College game day is at UCLA, Oregon this weekend. And as Haydad always reminds you in the offseason and during the season, if you think you've got a boring weekend of college football, you don't. That's when you strap in. That's when you strap in. That's when the crazy stuff happens. So. Maybe it'll be this weekend. And we're about to make our picks for the college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Five games. I forgot what you did this past weekend. Are you still on a heater? I know I got three. And I don't remember what our... Was our fifth game LSU-Florida? It was. Then I was three and two. Still good. Still winning, though. You're on a streak, for sure. I, I I I missed LSU and I missed State. But I got I picked Auburn to cover, I picked Michigan to cover, and I picked Tennessee to cover. We'll see what you can do this weekend. Again, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Our teams are on the road this weekend. So before or after the game, go buy a local Mississippi Ford dealer, test drive an F-150. You'll see why it's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. We'll start with Mississippi State, Alabama. The line this morning kind of held steady all week. 21 points in favor of the Tide. Does Mississippi State cover this line? No. I just don't see that. And, I, and again, I want to reiterate, and I said it on Monday, I would have said no if they had gone to Kentucky and won by 30 points. I just, for whatever reason, Alabama is Mississippi State's kryptonite, uh, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of some other superhero weaknesses, and none of them are just coming to mind all of a sudden, which is a bad thing for a nerd like me. Uh, but, no, at the end of the day, I think State's just going to get run off the field. I feel like they, 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 they aren't going to be able to compete in this game. So, yeah, take Alabama. I will give the points. 45-6 is probably my, my – uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting a touchdown on the board either. A couple field goals. Yeah, 42-20 even does not cover this line. It doesn't cover so. Uh, I, I'm with you. There, there's a lot working against Mississippi State in this game for football reasons and for some unfortunate non-football reasons. And for that reason, I'll take Alabama uh, minus 21. Ole Miss is a two-and-a-half point. That line has moved, but we'll lock it in at two-and-a-half. Ole Miss is a two-and-a-half point underdog tomorrow afternoon in Tiger Stadium. 
You know, I, I, I see the handicappers, and I get the point. I do think LSU has some juice at, 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 and all that, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a top-10 team playing an unranked team. And I know it's on the road. I know Tiger Stadium's a tough place to play, but are we in the upside down? What, what, what is, why is Ole Miss not favored in this game? I mean, I, I guess there's just not a lot of respect for them, but I don't, I don't see that. I think Ole Miss is a good football team. I'm going to take the Rebels, and I'll take the points. I think they're going to win. Oh, people are going to blame you for jinxing it. So The, the way I look at it is uh, Ole Miss's offense, right? They're good because of – they're really good because of two things. Running backs and line play. It's hard to have running backs and offensive line be, quote-unquote, flustered by a road crowd, right? Running game travels. Physicality up front travels. And if Cedric Johnson especially returns for Ole Miss, LSU's freshman tackles, I don't know if they can hold up, even against what looked like a pretty weak run defense from Ole Miss last week. So I'll take the team with the better running game. If you're giving me points and you're giving me the team that is more physical up front with physical backs and that travels, I'll take points if you're going to give me points. Ole Miss plus the two and a half. Vanderbilt, Missouri, the game of the weekend. Can the Commodores get an SEC win and break the streak? They are given 14 points. I put mine, or no, I, I, I put it right. Vanderbilt is a 14 point underdog. Will they cover and can they win? Yeah, Missouri's not good enough for me to sit there and say they're going to beat anybody by two touchdowns. And Vanderbilt's been more competitive this year. Mizzou's going to win, but I think Vandy gets gets the cover. I'll take uh, Vanderbilt, and I will take the points. You're giving me 14 points and telling me to be confident in Missouri to cover that? No shot. Vanderbilt breaks the streak this week. I'm picking with my heart on this one, honestly. I want Vanderbilt to break their SEC losing streak this weekend. I really like Clark Lee. Their best players are freshmen on offense, and they look good doing it. The streak ends this weekend. Wrong team favored with my heart. Vanderbilt plus the 14 for sure at Missouri. Texas A&M, a sneaky, super important game for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Only a three-point favorite coming off of a bye week, going to Williams-Brice. It's going to be packed. It's going to be nuts. Haynes King battling some injuries. He's going to play, but he's not 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I like Beamer. I didn't buy into him at all last year. He proved me wrong. And now this year, if they win this game, they still have to play Vanderbilt, Missouri, Florida. They could win eight. They could win eight games in their second year. But that being said, I think that last, or I guess two weeks ago now, A&M, they got a little shot of, of momentum playing close with Alabama, I think they're going to start to figure some, some things out. I don't think they're going to win next week when they play Ole Miss, but I think they're going to finish a little stronger than maybe we thought. So I'm going to take uh, Texas A&M here, and I'll give you the points. I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, I, I've, there is nothing that I have seen well, from either offense here. I mean, let's be honest. It, Spencer Rattler it has been exactly what everybody thought he'd was going into the season, but still, South Carolina doesn't really inspire much confidence offensively. But if you've got a banged-up Haynes King in Texas A&M and you are giving the home team points, I'll take them just for the sake of it. South Carolina plus the three. 
I, I don't love it, but I'm I'm going to take it. We'll stay in the state huh? of South Carolina for pick number five. This I don't know if this is the highest profile game of the weekend. I, I guess that's UCLA Oregon, but this one for some reason has grabbed my attention more than UCLA Oregon. Undefeated Syracuse and Garrett Schrader is getting 14 points on the road at Clemson and DJ Uyunglele, who, as you heard Bruce say, 13 straight wins for Clemson. If you follow one of my favorite follows on Twitter, the Sickos Committee, one of their uh, one of their ongoing questions is: Is Syracuse good? Syracuse is kind of like the Ole Miss to the tenth power. They're this undefeated team, and nobody knows if they're any good or not. You know, Ole Miss were like, they're good, but how good are they? Syracuse, it's straight up, I don't know if they're good. They have literally beaten nobody. So, I love Garrett Schrader. I thought he was a great kid when I got the chance to, to get to know him down here. Um, but on the road at Clemson, that feels like two. two and look, 14 points isn't necessarily a blowout. If they lose 31 to 17, I mean, do you really feel that, or 31 to 15 or something? You don't feel that terrible about that result if you're Syracuse. So I'll take Clemson. I will give the points. Uh, but we'll see. We'll find out this week if Syracuse is good. So DJ's playing better. Clemson offensively is looking better and better. I, I'm going to take the 14 points on the road, though. I think Syracuse is going to give Clemson fits for a while. I think Clemson's going to win the game, but I don't think it's going to be easy. And so if you're giving me a couple of touchdowns, I'll take a couple of touchdowns. Before you watch any other game this weekend, that's going to be your 11 a.m. high-profile game. Check it out. Garrett Schrader's fun. Syracuse is fun. He's tough. He's a little inconsistent throwing the ball. But, I mean, he's exactly the Dan Mullen quarterback that was recruited. He's tough. Joe Moore had quarterback, but yeah. Right, but just fits into that yeah. mold of. I mean, that's that's if he would have been a perfect quarterback for Mullen or for 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 Moorhead that can run the football. He's gotten better as a passer. You know, he's a seventy percent passer. They don't throw it a ton, but he's gotten better. He's a good athlete, and, a good, and he's just a good kid. I, I, I wish him the best, but I just don't see it this week. So those are our picks. Uh, I'll get Richards at some point. I, I think if he's got cell service on Lake Pond, they're all wrong. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Fade cross, uh, for sure. But that is your college football fixture by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. But you know what's coming up right now. Debbie and Ocean Springs already got us started this afternoon. It's Food Friday. So text us what's on the grill tonight, what you're putting on the grill tomorrow, on the text line, 601-879-4395. A Food Friday presented by Polks when we come back. is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Keep sending them in. We've already gotten a bunch already. To the ceasefire text line. What are you cooking this weekend? What's on the grill? If you're watching games, what are you doing before, during, or after? 
This is Food Friday. Welcome to Food Friday. Some of the most fun we have on this show is talking about our obsession with great barbecue and grilling out every Friday right here. Although I'm a minute and 20 seconds late at 520, that's okay. We'll talk about just that. Food Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat each week. We'll talk about our favorite ways to grow their delicious Polk's Original Polk's Cajun and Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as our other barbecue favorites. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. Brian Haydad, you're traveling this weekend, aren't you? I am traveling on, on Saturday. I'll head over to Alabama. But Sunday I'm at home. So what are you cooking? So you might recall last week I said that I was going to do so – I had some ribeye steaks – and so I'm going to do some twice-baked potatoes. I ended up buying some baby broccoli that we were going to cook. I was going to, you know, wrap that in foil, let it cook on the grill, and some butter, lemon, stuff like that, right? And then Saturday, I did something to my back, and it hurt so bad for two days that I didn't cook. So this weekend, we're having ribeye steaks, twice-baked potatoes, and baby broccoli. I'll have to go buy some new broccoli because, you know, I'm not going to let broccoli sit for a week. I ate that already. But the other stuff is good to go. Steaks are in the freezer. I'll pull them out. How do you take cook? two on the grill? I'm gonna cook these on the grill. Just just set up a two zone fire. Two minutes. Turn. Two minutes. Flip. Two minutes. Turn. Two minutes. Flip. And then for the wife and kids steaks, I'll flip them cook indirectly for like another two three minutes. They like them a little more done than I do. And then the twice baked potatoes. Bake your potatoes for like 45 minutes until you get a fork through it, basically. And then scoop it all out. Try to preserve the skins as best you can. And then I'll mix that with a whole stick of butter, a bit of cheese. I'm going to fry up some bacon, throw that in there, some seasoning, probably some Danos. I like to use that for, for vegetables now. Or my buddy Robert St. John's vegetable seasoning, also very good for vegetables. And uh, mix it all together, scoop it back in, bake them until everything's nice and melty and, and good to go. Delicious. If you're uh, looking for low sodium, Danos has got you. It is, and twice baked potatoes, so good, so good. Maybe okay. Let's. I don't want to be too controversial. Maybe the best preparation of potatoes is 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 the twice baked. I like the twice baked better is, than regular baked potatoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for regular baked for sure. The only one that's ever close is like if you get mashed potatoes like we had at Kevin Rathbun. Which is more, you're more eating butter than potato at that point anyway. That might be it. Miss me with the French fry. Not a huge fan. Well, yeah, I guess French fry would be better, but that doesn't, does that exactly count? No. no. I mean, it's potato. It it is, but anyway. I'm doing a a low country shrimp boil. So I, I've been watching Stale Cracker. I, I told Richard this yesterday. I've been watching Stale Cracker a lot. Yeah, on I, I heard this part. So I listened to like the first thirty minutes of the show yesterday. Sorry, that's what that. I, I caught. So no, it was good. Y'all, you guys did fine. Um, I still want to know what the uh, thing y'all wouldn't say. Oh, was. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, if I remember exactly what it was, I'll tell you. A, a texter right. made a very specific religious reference that we just weren't sure should be. Air was it about a religion that I am not actually a member of? It is. Yes, it, it is. It, okay. It, 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 I know where you're going. Um, yeah. But I've been watching him a lot, and, and I like I want to do crawfish boils and stuff, but I, in my head I'm like, oh, I don't have a pot big enough. But I do. I've got like a little five-gallon like stovetop pot that that's, that's tall. And so I'm going to do a low-country boil just on a stovetop instead of a burner okay. in a big pot outside. So... 
red potatoes. That's, that's, that's your that's your neck of the woods. I'll do red potatoes, uh, onions, mushrooms, Polk's Cajun sausage, and you know a bunch of Zatarans. Even though it's Louisiana, not Low Country, where I'm from, either it doesn't matter. Um, and boil those for a while. And like Stale Cracker says, sixty seconds is all you need on shrimp in a rolling boil. Sixty seconds, cut the heat off, let them soak for a while. But that is all you need, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, corn, potatoes, mm-hmm. mushrooms, onions, sausage, shrimp. Y- you cook down the sausage, rolling boil everything until the potatoes are cooked through. Drop the shrimp in for 60 seconds, cut the heat off, let it soak for however long you want to. Boom. You're done. It's simple. It's good. And you don't need a gigantic pot. To do it, I'm doing it a little. I think it's five gallons. It's a, a stovetop pot that I'm I'm doing it on, and I don't know what I've been waiting for on that. That sounds great. Like I said, that's that's your neck of the woods is the Low Country. Yeah, no, you know, them uh, Carolina boys. Yes, sir. But it's so yeah, that'll, crab, that'll, though, be, that'll be that'll be good eating. Yeah, but you know, and you got to eat the body. Yeah. So I, I've been to so many crab boys where people oh, won't yeah. open the body, and it's like you, you are missing the no, best part of the whole thing. thing. The soft shells, that's there. I love a, I love a fried soft shell crab po' boy. Oh, so good. Great. So good. What we got here on the text line? We got some good stuff today. Darren and Jackson, smoked dove breast wrapped in bacon with a pot of jambalaya. Yes, sure. Uh, Debbie, she's doing it up again. She's got bourbon and honey marinated fillets wrapped in bacon. Looks like a link of pork sausage there. Some wings, and she made a cheesecake pie. Loaded with chocolate chips. Please mention JC. I don't know who JC is, but he's doing a good job. Debbie's always cooking great stuff. Every week. Yeah, we need to be friends with her. What else we got here? Uh, Jeremy in Caledonia, Western-style pork ribs in Moore's Original. And then tomorrow night he's going to see Government Mule. That'll be a good show. That'll be a great show. It's right in my backyard. There you go. Uh, Price Wallace is having fresh Cajun deer sausage. I love deer sausage. Jim and Hernando's doing a poor man's brisket. It's got him a two and a half pound chuck roast on the pit boss. So underrated, Borky. Chuck roast. Easy to cook. I like, when I do chuck roast, I like to do them the Mississippi pot roast style. The, uh, the, uh, that, the way Malcolm Reed showed us with the put a little smoke on it and then let it braise in, under wraps and all that good stuff. So good. Wait, Price Wallace, the, State Representative Price Wallace, what's up, Representative Sir? If that's if that's who's listening, oh, is he a, is he a, a, a state representative? That, that name hit me very familiar, and and I googled it, and outstanding, yeah. Well, we we appreciate you Look, listening. I, I in, do sir. know and my you, my local. Do you want to share any me. Cajun deer sausage with your constituents, Michael and I? We would be more than happy to have you uh, have you do that. Um, what else we got going here? Uh, I just I saw. Oh, here we go. Bubba from Meridian has got a chicken and sausage gumbo. It's gumbo time, guys. That's the time of year. Yeah, gumbo. This is soup and stew. stew. This is like there's a little warm this weekend. Going to be a little warm, but next weekend I feel. I mean, when we get into you know Halloween and then November, stew, gumbo, chili. It's time to break out the big pot. No doubt about it. Robin Amory says uh, you can find 
the spice swamp dust. It's awesome. That sounds good. Just on name alone. Somebody That's, recommended putting when I go butter places, in the like, boil, too. I've never done that. Have you done that? I, I've never done a seafood boil, but here's what I would tell you is that butter makes everything better. Yeah. I don't see how butter would make it taste worse. You know, there, there's there's butter and bacon are those things you can't you can't screw up. You know, if you add those to anything, you just improved how it tasted. So, cooking some bacon some, fur burgers and loaded tater tots. What's a fur burger? Oh, is it something bad? Oh well. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. Oh well. It happens. Hope you have a gas stove top the shrimp boil borky. I've done it on an electric stove, and it's much easier on a gas stove. I do not. It's electric. I can't wait till we get to the break. Oh, I, I, I don't even want to know. I, no, I don't even want to know. Butter, butter makes them easier to peel, apparently. I can believe that, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you know it's it's a fat it's a um, you know it's it's yeah I get that I get that for sure oh I googled it wow you're a uh, fair funny guy that's <laughs> um it's one for the ages oh oh man can we can we go ahead and fire a break right now is that no ah I have been I can't stop crying today yeah. between the mascot and now this yeah you Book say got him though that but one is yeah gonna, but here's the thing I'm blocking that one's gonna live sorry. in a yeah that, that, that that's gonna that's gonna live in infamy I'm so sorry Bork no it's 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 all not right your, it, it happens but it's not your fault that that number's got to go your fault. Uh, I, I'm too trusting of the text line sorry. I'm so I'm trying not to laugh. No, it's, I really it's, am. It's, it's it's not. If I was in your though. shoes, I would laugh for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, so food Friday. Hey, don't forget. Also, uh, if you haven't already, get your picks in, and you can win a Polk's six pack. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's pick six. All you gotta do is pick the winners, and remember that picky people pick Polk's. We'll be back in just a minute. Thanks. <laughs> Junction in the Grove and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Working Brian Haydad with you on a Friday. Uh, so after the Alabama-Tennessee game, mm-hmm. Tennessee storms the field, and uh, the next day, somebody noticed that there was a huge chunk cut out of one of the end zones. One of the, basically an entire checkerboard square was uh, was taken completely out of the end zone. Yeah. Saw that. And then it turns out that somebody threw out all the pictures that were taken, caught the lady doing it. Down on all fours, cutting the square out of the grass. 
And she was selling pieces of that online. My question is, right? if your team beats Alabama like that, how much are you paying for a chunk of grass taken off of the field at Neyland Stadium? <sighs> Me personally, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. But I know that there are fans who would be into that, and they would probably pay upwards of, of, of a few hundred dollars, I would imagine, especially if you could, like, I mean, I don't know how you get it authenticated. You know, I don't know how you're going to be able to tell me it's not just some grass I took out of the backyard. But if you can get it, I mean, think about that. It would make a nice, you know, you'd make like a shadow box out of it or something. I don't know. That's a good That's a good little memory. I mean, there, there are people I know in Starkville who still have pieces of the uprights from states' wins in 96 and 98 over Alabama and Arkansas, respectively. And there are probably some people who have some grass that they took and planted in their backyard or something like that. So, I mean, that kind of thing happens when you have a big win and you're able to storm the field. You do that. That being said, Borky, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody cut up a chunk of the field the way that that person was doing. I, I, it literally looked like they had like a potting knife or a or a or a, a dough scraper or something, and were cutting out a perfect square. I think they said it was their phone they were using. Well, were I didn't you, know. Wait, I didn't know the iPhone. That's what I've heard. That like they, they were just like digging in with their phone. I I knew the iPhone had a camera and all this other stuff. I didn't know you could use it as a cutting tool, but. That's evidently what, and of course, my favorite part of it's like any other work of art with these pictures is the the reactions of the people who see her and they're like, "What are you, what are you doing? What are you? You're down on all fours, cutting out a chunk of the. It's one thing to grab a little piece of grass like this is this is neat, right? May never be on this field again. That's cool. When you're legitimately cutting out chunks of grass, that person went in with a plan. They knew when they hit the field, they're like. I got a money making opportunity here. I got to get as much turf in my pockets as I can. Cody says I have a jar from 16 different countries. He was in the military, so I get it, That's but I cool. wouldn't for a regular season game. Uh, if you feel like it, what 16 countries? I would love to know. Yeah, I would like to know that. That, that yeah, reminds me of the the scene from um, Saving Private Ryan, where the, where in in yeah. his bag he he's getting dirt from. That's uh, that's yeah yeah cool. yeah. yeah. Good point, yeah. Somebody's got three pieces of goalpost. Scotty says I would give two dollars and fifty five cents the cost of two sixteen ounce or the cost of two sixteen ounce Bud Lights. Well, there you go. The the I, I would probably pay a little bit if you could guarantee it would get to me still alive. Yeah. Like if I could if I could grow it. You know what I mean? That that yeah. would be something well, that I would I miss I miss Red Cody's tweet back to us. He said, "Driving, give me a few." I was at a red light. I thought he said, "Drinking, give me a few." I was at a red light. I was like, "Cody, no." <laughs> well, I mean, you know, no, we're good though, Cody. You're good. You're good. Um, as as we voice the text, as we've learned, mistakes happen. So, you know, Donald Don't says, "Forget Porky, please." No, I just got over it. All right. Um. Anyway, Donald, yes, go ahead, Donald Oxford. Donald and Oxford uh, still have a goalpost from the MSU over Florida in the game where Jesse Palmer ate a whole yeah. lot of dirt. Yeah, and then he was on The Bachelor. I'm trying to think. Yes, he was. So was his he The life Bachelor got or was he on The Bachelorette? I don't remember. No, he he was The Bachelor. 
Was he wearing those super skinny ties back then? I believe so, yes. Wasn't was Jordan Rogers the bachelor as well, or was he just on the bachelorette? I think his wife was the bachelorette. Okay. And he just won, I think. Okay. Well good for them. They found wedded bliss in the constraints of a reality game show. Yeah, imagine that. Works works for me. Don't, don't they make yeah, them yeah, separate for a while? Like so, so he I think so. He wins the yeah. dating show and they get engaged or whatever. Because you have and the finale. They tell you to separate right. forever. Right. That seems like a great idea. Right after you had all this fame, uh, I'm trying to think of that that game in 2000 is the last time people took the field in Starkville. In two, was it 2000? I, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember if there's there's been one since then. I don't think there has been. Like I, I, after fourteen, they didn't. They didn't when they beat Auburn. That may be it. That may be the last time that the, the field's been taken there. I, I, I was on it. I, I know people, and the statute of limitations is gone now. I'm not going to say what their name is anyway. But uh, but I know people that uh, broke into the locker room at Swayze Field a long time ago and took oh, yeah. jer- jerseys and stuff, and mm-hmm. just so happened. Well, one of my, one of my dear friends actually is probably listening to this. Uh, just so happened to grab Drew Pomeranz's jersey, and still to this day, they, they were just grabbing indiscriminately. I mean, a lot of alcohol was involved. There wasn't like premeditation. It was, oh, the gates open, oh, the doors open, oh, let's grab some stuff. And he now has uh, the jersey of a guy that spent how many years in the major leagues kind of worked out serendipitously. But That's cool. Don't yeah. steal. That's not an encouragement of stealing, however. No. He's He's got a Drew Pomeranz, game-worn old Mr. <laughs> which is pretty sick. That's one of those things like, we're not encouraging you to do it, but if you're doing it, go big. You know, if you're in the locker room, don't don't just piddle around and take a pen off of Mike Bianco's desk. Go get you a jersey. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Rogers stay was out of the, the locker bachelor. room. Altogether. Okay, and so he picked his wife. Okay, good good for him. Uh, you could never you couldn't pay me enough to be on one of those shows. Couldn't do it. I don't have the confidence to do that. Like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable enough. I, I I don't I don't need that stress in my life of yeah. trying to pick between twenty. I mean, I, look, I'm not saying I'm like this huge catch or anything, despite what Mr. Gallo thinks. Listen to him every morning, by the way. Um, but just the idea of, I'm going to pick love from 20 women, like, how does that work? I, I don't see how it goes. So, Who are all, like, not a single one is actually in there because they're down on their luck and they're looking for the right man either. I mean, but, uh, and vice versa as well. It's not just the women that are there. Same thing with the guys. They're looking for careers, not marriages. But in Jordan Rogers' case, he found found love, so good luck, you crazy kids. I mean, Kim and Kanye didn't work out, so where's hope for the rest of us? But I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Charlie's asking if LSU will rush the field if they beat Ole Miss. Uh, remember when they did that a few years ago? Isn't yeah. That, and LSU, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it seems backwards, right? Right. LSU rushing the field because they beat Ole Miss. But Ole Miss was number three in the nation. And LSU was, un- was if they were ranked, they were like 24th, 25th. So the numbers add up, but the names didn't. Yeah. Same thing tomorrow. You can't turn I your can nose up them. at somebody who you've rushed the field after you beat them, though. That's true. It's true. You ruin your, so, your so, aura of so, superiority or whatever. So, 
Ole Miss has rushed the field after an egg ball. I don't want to hear anything from y'all. Don't want to hear anything. 2012. No, you guys beat a four-loss Mississippi State team, and you rushed the field. Come on, guys. Have a little pride. Why did Tennessee not lower the opposite goalpost? I don't think they could, right? They didn't have the mechanism in place. I, I, don't, think, I don't think Tennessee has – like, State has those those – and I think Ole Miss does too. Those the kind where you just you flip a switch, you pull a, a, a pin out, and the goalpost comes down. I think Tennessee had the old school ones that were like still sort of welded together, and now it's at the bottom of the Tennessee River. Have you seen the conspiracy theory on that? By the way, have you not? That some Alabama fans were saying they did that because those goalposts aren't regulation, so they put them in the river <laughs> so before they could be measured. Oh my I'm not God. making that up. That that, that that was another message board geniuses post. They were saying that those those goalposts are a little shorter than they're supposed to be. That's how that field goal got over. So they put them in the river just to make sure that nobody ever found out this evidence. It's like Jimmy Hoffa. You know what I can't wait for? Because this day is going to come when losses become regular mm-hmm. for them. I can't wait for that day. Although this insanity is fun, but if you think meltdowns are bad after one loss, imagine the first or the next, I should say, eight and four Alabama season after that fourth loss, and it's the Iron Bowl. That that's yeah. a, that's a next level meltdown that, that I mean, you haven't seen in a while. That's like twenty twenty seven. You know, Saban's finally retired, and it's like two years after he's gone or something. Twenty twenty eight, and they go nine and three, eight and four. They're not they're gonna know how to handle that. They've forgotten how to handle that kind of stuff. One more segment with you on this Friday. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian. Hey Dad. Send us in your final thoughts before the weekend. 601-879-4395 on the text line. We'll be back. You're one of our own down there. You never drink alone down there. Good God, I feel at home down there. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. That's a good question. Why do goalposts cost $150,000? to metal H. That's what costs. I don't know. Inflation, it's I like guess? It's like a labor of getting... Um, well, I mean, it's always been an expensive process, I believe. But yeah, yeah. again, I, go by, I think we talked about it on Monday. It's like, just tell people, hey, we beat Alabama. Now's the time to invest in our program. Give us money. People would have done it. Yeah. So if you had said on Monday for Tennessee, hey, we beat Alabama. This is the time to invest. Donate $52.49 to whatever the Tennessee version of their loyalty foundation, Bulldog Club, whatever it is. And for everyone you do, we'll send you, you know, something. Something, you know, easy for the, the university to put out. A commemorative coin. I don't know. You would have gotten, or you would have easily made, I mean, yeah, you would have easily made a couple hundred grand from your fan base doing that. Easily. Don't, don't tell me 100,000 people wouldn't have donated 50 bucks 
as a, as you know, or, or, or we'll put up we'll put up a, a, a wall in Neyland Stadium, inscribed with your name on it, the fifty two forty nine Club. It'll be there forever if you make this donation. Who who wouldn't do it? Or like you can have your name etched on the new ones. Like your name is yeah, on that, like that. goalpost, etched in there, uh, something. I, that's a that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah, yeah. Keith, John, call me. I've got ideas. I, I do think the SEC is super lame with the the field and the court storming thing, though. Other leagues do it and it's, they do it well. So here's what you do, because they do this at Clemson. Every single Clemson win, they storm the field. Every single one. Yes, it's a little weird. So, like, if they beat Syracuse on Saturday and they show the overhead shot of fans storming the field, they're not excited about beating Syracuse. They do that after every game. Furman doesn't matter. But what they do is they give the opponent time to get off the field first. They've got – it's like two minutes or whatever. And just, hey, our fans are coming on the field. They have security lined up to help the team, the opponent, get off the field and all that. And it goes smoothly every single Saturday. They never have issues – Ever and they storm the field every single game, and kids get to play and, and like catch passes and meet their favorite players and all that right there on the field after every game. Figure out a way to do that. How awesome would that be if you're a state fan after the game and the game's over and state beats Arkansas? Is you get it, to go on the field and your eight year old gets to high five Will Rogers. Is it on the field? Is it because they do it every week that they have procedures and it's not yeah. really a field storming? They're like. Everybody knows they can go down there in an orderly fashion. You'd be surprised how fast it fills up. Fills up, but yeah, they do have procedures in place. At the same time, they have procedures. Whereas in this situation, it's like we're just going, and nobody told us to come, so we're going, and that's where you you know you have safety issues. I get that. So I I get where the SEC is coming from, but I also am I, I don't like the no fun club either. So you know sometimes sometimes a field storming is warranted. You just you just have to hope that you don't have a tragedy. I, I have been a part of four field stormings, and uh, the only tragedies I saw were a friend of mine got stuck on a fence. He got over, though, eventually, and I think I've talked about this before. I saw somebody kick uh, Ole Miss receiver Corey Peterson right in the butt after the 99 heck ball. Just, just teed off, got him... Split the uprights and ran away. Oh man! Didn't, didn't somebody do that to Dak on campus? Like people were trying to look for the 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 Dak. They kicked leg. him in the shin. Yeah, the, the shin. The kicker. shin. The Starkville shin kicker. <laughs> Still at large. <laughs> we trying to take Dak out of all people. <laughs> I wonder this if it was like sleeper a, cell, like the friend of an ex or something, like like a, a score, you know, something like that. Like that's somebody where if he had got if somebody had seen that and caught him, that guy would not be walking today. Imagine like that guy kicked Dak in the middle of the MSU drill field, then twenty people would have jumped him. Or he like that might be the most courageous man that ever lived. Yeah, I don't know where he went. He waited for his opportunity. He hid and I would love to talk to Dak and be like, "What? Let's talk about this incident. I want I want to hear your memories of it." Yeah, the statute of limitations is gone. Yeah, like, did, did you get a good look at the guy? Did you know it was the Nick guy? Fitzgerald. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for being part oh. of the show this week. Go ahead. You got a minute ten. Scott texted us from a 662. 
I was swinging from the goalpost in the Florida when I lost my wallet and somebody hit me up for $947. Ooh. Got to be careful with with the money. Bet it was worth it, though. I don't know if it's worth $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I guess it depends on how much was uh, was in there. Thank it's got you cost guys. money. It's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for tuning in being a part of our show this week. We appreciate almost all of you. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Richard was off today. He'll be back on Monday. Ole Miss LSU tomorrow, 2.30. Mississippi State, Alabama after that. We'll be back here to talk about it all at 3. Good night. business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll, MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff, MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.